We've all seen it on TVs and in movies. A camera spots unusual activity and begins to track a shadowy figure. The camera switches multiple times, following the suspect who's weaving through crowds on busy streets. Eventually, it zooms into a pixel-perfect picture, and the computer runs a facial recognition program. The person is identified, and police arrive at the exact whereabouts so they can catch the suspect. Is this the stuff of writers' imaginations, or an example of what can be done with technology? In today's smart cities, security and safety measures are incredibly advanced, and they need to be, not just because of persistent crime, but also to assist with keeping communities safe in emergencies. In this episode of the Waterfall Podcast, we speak to an Israeli ex-special forces soldier turned security and safety expert. I'm uh, Michel Herman. I work for Magal Security Solutions Ltd. We are a global company supplying turnkey security solutions all over the world, and uh, I'm the strategic sales director of the company with uh, vast experience in homeland security of over uh, 20 years. I also catch up with Vili Foss, CEO of the Waterfall Management Company, and general manager for the Waterfall Common Services Company, Tais Riedlinghuis, to find out how technology is being used to keep smart cities safe. To start off, I asked Michelle about the concept of safety within a smart city. When people talk about security, they generally think of fences and gates and alarm systems, of prisons and military bases. Michelle has a slightly different way of looking at things, though. Let me introduce you to a new phrase, public safety. When we say public safety, it automatically changed the connection, I mean the logical connection of people. So in safe cities or smart cities, we are not talking about security. We are talking about public safety. So it all turns 180 around the civilians. So it's like a wrap-up of the people having them guarded by the authorities. As we'll see, smart city public safety systems can be complex networks of sensors, servers, controllers, and personnel. But most systems start out with a very familiar device. The first logical connection of people is cameras. As Michelle explains, while that may not always be a good thing for the population, it's not nearly as scary as some people like to make out. You have cameras everywhere. You see them everywhere. You see them in every junction, on every street, on sidewalks, on malls, on uh, hotels. It doesn't matter where you go. You're being filmed or photographed by a security camera. But we must understand that in my professional world, world cameras are just a minor, minor element of a safe city concept of public safety. I mean, cameras are passive, okay? So if cameras are passive, they only record what is happening. It doesn't do anything else besides recording. But it also doesn't have to be that way. With a different approach on how to use cameras, they can become a lot more useful in the context of a smart city and a lot less scary to anyone who thinks they're there just to spy on the population. Imagine a, a city, capital or non-capital, doesn't matter. You will have cameras, and you will have traffic uh, lights, and you will have parking lots, right? You have hospitals, you have, well, 
a lot of uh, facilities. You have town hall, you have offices, you have government places. So all of those places are being enhanced by security systems, meaning CCTV, meaning access control, meaning fences, uh, restrictions, uh, LPR, license plate recognition, and Barriers, bollards, all the things that you can imagine that goes into the city. So when you have so many subsystems that are all working independently, pretty much in that process, you lose a lot of data. So you have to make those systems accessible and you have to make those systems talk to each other in order to reach high public safety. Of course, any smart city can't rely just on cameras, even clever ones doing more than observing. More technology is required to make a smart city public safety system work, and there can be a lot of elements in a system. Let's imagine a big rugby game, 100,000 people coming, and they all get out of the house three hours before because of traffic, because of buses, because of uh, trains. And when you... Take CCTV cameras and you tell them, I don't mind now the security or safety aspect of you. I want to use the same stream to analyze how much people I have on the stations, how many people I have at a single entrance gate. Do I need to open another gate? What are the hazards? Are there too many fences or uh, uh, separate lines? Do I need to open another queue because of congestion? So all of this data, it's not about public safety. I mean, it has a connection to public safety, but it's not about it. It's about how you create a more convenient way for your residents to get into the rugby match enjoy it, and go safely home. The magic word there is data. Every day we hear about how it's shaping the world we live in. At Waterfall, the data being generated is analysed with the aim of keeping potential security concerns at bay before they've even arrived. Vili Foss explains... We have a lot of data uh, that we analyze and it's getting even more sophisticated. You know, the number plate recognition component, I think we've spoken about this before, but we can pick up suspicious vehicles long before they arrive at waterfall. And then in some cases you, you can know whether it's a stolen car or it's wanted for a specific incident. And we can then let our armed reaction and so on react, you know, timelessly to ensure that nothing happens in our environment we rely a lot on on that component because the more you have of that and you can interpret and uh, prevent so to speak the less you have of the physical involvement and then the other part is intelligence or information that you get and i think in our environment Different from most other residential estates, and I wouldn't say all other residential estates because there may be others, but because of the size of of the waterfall environment, our security infrastructure is large enough that we don't only react on something that has happened, but in many cases we also have intelligence that something may happen. So with all this data being collected, there must be a bit of a concern around data privacy and how you manage it. 
Yes, that is actually one of the most important uh, components um, that we have. It's a fine line between having proper security in place and um, not knowing who, who the people are that are living in that environment. So as in terms of the Poppy Act, we are, well, as we speak, we're going through, a, a, I think it's a third iteration of refining of what we have to do and what our responsibilities are. Uh, also, our software companies, you know, what they have to do in terms of the data protection. And it is, it's an enormously important component of, of what we do. The main thing for us is to not necessarily uh, identify the individuals, but to identify trends. Uh, once you've got the trend, then it becomes, it may become necessary to go into what the individual is doing. But um, for us, that's the important thing is to know the trends. So data equals trends, and when connected together, trends allow smart cities to be managed effectively. We asked Michelle to give us an idea of the kind of complete security system that might potentially be created. We connect traffic management, we connect CCTV cameras, we connect artificial intelligence engine, which can uh, analyze visual uh, anomalies. We connect big data fusion engines, we connect access control, traffic management I mentioned, traffic lights and traffic management, meaning uh, speed traps and parking lots and a lot of more uh, subsystems like SCADA and PLC controllers, which are basically controlling all the city infrastructure. And we connect them into one platform. Once we do that, the brain is able to gather and fetch all the data from all those resources, fuse them, analyze them, filter them, and at the end, give to the end user, meaning the guy who sits in front of the screen, a real-time view on his city status. And by using the dashboard, you are able to get into each subsystem and create your own view of what you want to manage right now. If it's from public transportation, you want to create a green wave for emergency evacuation. If you want to share data with the public transportation company, you are able to. So it's all about fusing the data based on visual, textual, and actionable data that you gather from all of those arms and legs that you are connected to. Adding artificial intelligence into the mix means that a smart city's ability to predict trends is improved exponentially. It sounds uh, science fictional, but it's not. Today, with Magal Artificial Intelligence, we are able to identify a riot before it starts. I mean, the way the people gather, we anticipate their behavior if it's aggressive we are able to tell you that there is a potential for a riot to start. We don't know if it's a riot or not until it is a riot, but we can tell you that there is a possibility that this gathering is not a Halloween party. It's aggressive. We are able in real time to identify active shooter, to identify fights, violence, fire, Smoke, we can actually give you an, a, a prediction of, let's say, 
one minute before it starts. And one minute in public safety is a lot of time. So it's all about response, remember? It's all about response. The use of AI for security in smart cities is already a reality. Deborah Lamb, executive director of the Partnership for Inclusive Innovation in the U.S., explains. We have a project with our Atlanta Police Department that tracks crime, right? Incidents of crime of where where it's happening, uh, the location, where the um, timelines are, you know, morning, evening, etc., and then the types of crime that are resulting, right? This is all data that's being fed and then, you know, develop an algorithm so that machine learning can better understand that data so the public safety department can better allocate resources, address crime. But also what I say about anything that public safety related is that data has natural biases, right? So, you know, we we need to be careful about being too dependent on data without accounting for some of the biases that might come out from some of these public safety strategies. And while it sounds very much like the machines might be taking over when it comes to public safety systems in a smart city, there is still a need for human intervention. It's all about humans. The human factor here is a key factor. The system can do a lot of cool things, but at the end, if somebody will ignore the pop-ups and data, it will not be used for the purpose it is installed with. It needs the best technologies and the human factor. So we train the technologies to think like human using artificial intelligence and big data processing. But at the end, we need to remember it's a machine and a machine can't still make the logical connections the human brain can do. In a South African context, the crime-busting capability of any smart city system will be front and center. At Waterfall, there's an important concept for safety that underpins any obvious security measures. Another familiar voice in this series is Tace Riedlinghuis, General Manager for the Waterfall Common Services Company, which deals with various issues around the estate, including litter control, general maintenance, and security and surveillance. I think the starting point is is the people who live there, is for them to enjoy living there, for them to feel safe in living there. And not just inside the estates, but also around waterfall. So, you know, the starting point is not how, how many guns can we have. The starting point is what does it take to create an environment where people are actually secure and where people have comfort to walk around and move around without fear or without trepidation, if you like. You know, I mean, you look at, listen to the media and, and I mean, there's just drama everywhere. And can we create an environment where people don't feel that drama and, and are much more relaxed in what they do? So that's the starting point. And if it then requires some armed response and, and whatever, then it's the response to creating this more serene, more uh, friendly world. And, and that's the objective is so that waterfall must be a place where you, you like to be because it's safe to be there. But it's also pleasant to be there, pleasant in the sense of it looks good, it feels good. You know, so that's all part of the, of the environment we're trying to create so that people want to be in, in waterfall. I think sometimes people forget about the other things. I think it was Rudy Giuliani in New York who had that concept of the broken window 
situation where you do proper maintenance in an environment where you have proper landscaping and maintenance and let's say a, a perceived safe environment, there is also less crime. People commit crime in areas where they think people don't care. Uh, in our case, if you go to our public road verges, uh, you will see that there's a lot of landscaping and that is actually one of the things that we use to enhance our security environment. You won't easily see vagrants or so sitting there and if they do, everyone uh, sees it. So they usually notify um, some of the relevant security people. And then also we try, we've got a policy there that Companies must maintain their buildings. Uh, we have it's an arrangement that if if it doesn't happen, that we can jump in and and help to fix it. Obviously, at their cost. But the bottom line is, we're trying to make it a a city in which a number of components of life works together. So we've spoken a lot about the visual part of the security and surveillance. We've mentioned, you know, keeping the verges clean and the buildings tidy. We've spoken about things like number plate recognition. But are there any non-visual sort of non-technological factors that go into the systems as well? What is really important is the intelligence and prevention of crime. And that is the ultimate focus. If Whatever you prevent is a whole lot better than how you respond to crime. And in prevention, it is intelligence. And one of the things is a national database of crime activity. So we are informed long before a criminal ends up in our environment. And so it is technology, but Coupled with it, technology is quick response. So we are very well connected, all the different role players in our safety initiative. So be it a control room connected with a guardhouse, connected with a response vehicle. Um, so we'll see danger moving into the area immediately. There's a response immediately. Whoever wants to commit crime is observant of Wait, I'm being noticed, I'm being observed, and then disappears from our area. So technology and then quick response, those two combined, gives us the edge. Some of Waterfall's other solutions include night vision cameras, facial recognition software, biometrics, and drones, which I found particularly interesting because along with their potential for threatening privacy, they're not the most stealthy way to keep the peace. That drone technology is not used in the sense that it will identify individual people's houses or so it basically helps us to uh, patrol our perimeter in a much better way and if if something is to happen that you have something that can react much faster but so far it's proven to be quite successful for us um, you know a drone you can fly during the night uh, that are actually not making such a big noise um, they're much much quieter than a helicopter for example and uh, they can fly quite low as well and uh, can easily surprise uh, criminals uh, because it doesn't make that big noise when it's on its way. And then once once it's detected crime in a particular area, it doesn't really lose you or, uh, that easily. Some of those drones have got a fairly long range, and that's why it's important that you have professional pilots flying those. The ultimate goal of a smart city is to deliver the highest quality of life for its communities something that's not possible without safety and security systems, bringing together technology and data in a way that allows the city to not only effectively tackle any issues that might come up, but to prevent them from happening in the first place. This has been another episode of the Waterfall Podcast. Find all the episodes on your favorite podcast platform, as well as on the Cliff Central and Go Waterfall apps.